Today we're going to talk about uh, praying in the Spirit. The next part of this verse that we read in Ephesians that we're about to get into. Paul says that we should pray always in the Spirit. And so last week we talked about pray and we talked about always. Now we're talking about in the Spirit and what does that mean? And so today it's going to be praying in the Spirit and what it requires. And, and specifically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about who is the Spirit. I want to just clearly give us a real quick definition of who is the Spirit. So pray in the Spirit. Who's the Spirit? And then also what does it require from us to pray in the Spirit? I know whenever I'm presented with something, an opportunity, uh, somebody says, hey, I have this thing or, or, or whatever it may be. I want to know what's it going to require of me. And if you're like me, that's the first question we ask. What do I have to do in this, in this whole deal? And so what's the requirement of praying in the Spirit? Let's read very quickly Ephesians 6, verse 18 through 20. Now I'm going to, just because I said last week we had to be sure that we're coupling the armor of God to, which ends in verse 17, but it doesn't really end because he continues, Paul continues in verse 18. I'm going to read actually in verse 17 because I want to take us through. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And without stopping, Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly or boldly as I should. A bit of a recap. I'm going to make this very quick. A bit of a recap. Last week, I defined what prayer was. I'm going to redefine what prayer is today because if you didn't catch last week, I want you to understand. I want to demystify this whole idea of prayer. Prayer is simply a personal dialogue between a personal God and his people. Prayer is simply a personal dialogue between a personal God and his people. In this case, prayer, that word prayer is not, I'm not asking the universe, I'm not asking the stars. This word prayer is very specific. It's about a personal God. That when we say pray always, when Paul says this in the spirit, that word prayer only means one thing, one person that we're praying, one dialogue we're having as between us and a personal God. Not us in the stars, not us in the moon, not us in the sun, not, not us in, in the gods that maybe we want to pray to, to bring uh, harvests or to bring fertility or whatever it might be. There is one and only one true God. And prayer in this case is a personal dialogue between us and this personal God. Number one, let's jump into this. Number one, in Ephesians 6, Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? Now this is just going to be foundational and fundamental. I want to be sure that we understand who the Spirit is because I could go into a liquor store right now and I could be surrounded by spirits, right? We call alcohol spirits. spirits. And, and, and okay, I'm not going to jump into why we would, why we would call them spirits. Um, <laughs> but there's lots of spirits that we could pray to. We could pray to God in the Spirit. And what spirit? So I'm going to define today, what, who is the spirit that we're praying to? This word spirit, the, the, the word is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. 
It's the third person of a triune God. So if you've ever heard, you could have zero knowledge today and you might've heard in a movie, somebody say this, you've never been to church, you've never read the Bible, you don't know the stories of Jesus, you don't know anything about the Old Testament, but you might've heard this in a movie. Somebody sits down and goes, um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the three parts, triune, three parts. There's the Father, God, there's the Son, God, S-O-N, Son of the Father, who's God, and the Holy Spirit, God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Numa, Spirit, is the third part, third person of God, okay? The Holy Spirit is a co-equal, so it's not that one is more powerful than the other, it's a, it's a co-equal, and a co-eternal with the Father and the Son. I love this part of the definition. The spirit, the pneuma, is the spirit of life or the spirit of truth. What that means is this. I'm going to go on and define this. A movement of air. Okay, I want you to visualize this. The spirit is like a movement of air, a gentle blast. (laughs) Sound guys hate that, right? It's a gentle blast. It's the breath of nostrils or mouth. To breathe is something necessary for life. This is what the Spirit is in Genesis 2.7. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's this moment, and man became a living being. There's this moment that we're formed physically, but we haven't, we haven't received our spiritual being and our spiritual life. What this points to, I love this passage, because what it says about you and I is that we're as much spiritual as a being as we are physical. And God sees our physical being, and he places in us his spirit of life that every time, and this is the, this is the other thing that I love. You may be watching today, and you're like, man, I, I'm gonna, somebody sent me a link, or I'm watching, or I, I, I've seen you speak, or I've, I've watched this a hundred times. I'm watching all these churches. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for something. And I don't know if it's God, or Jesus, or the spirit you're talking to. I, I, I have no clue what I'm looking for, but something in me is driving me to look for something. And this is the great equalizer. God has put the breath of life, the spirit of life and the spirit of truth inside every single one of us. He, like we're born into it. Without the spirit of life, we couldn't, we couldn't get breath in our lungs to breathe. Like, that we, we all, we all have been given life by a creator. And we have to decide right now in this moment, at some point in our life, we have to decide if we're actually going to partner with the spirit that God has given us. In fact, I will tell you, the very thing that's driving you to seek, the very thing that compels you, that's catalyzing you to seek, is that spirit trying to find itself in partnership and realign itself to what you and I were created for. Praying in the Spirit, simple definition. When I, when I see Paul, he says, and pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is partnering with that Spirit.
and, and you've got to make the decision. And, and maybe today is your day. When we get to the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do this. Maybe today is your day where you're going to, you're going to get the opportunity to partner with that spirit that's in you. Number two, so that's who, that's who the spirit is that we're praying to. What does praying in the spirit require? What does it require? Praying in the spirit, praying in partnership, excuse me, with the spirit requires, here it is, praying in partnership with the spirit requires surrender. Praying in partnership with the spirit requires surrender. I'm going to define this word surrender because I think what happens is a lot of times we read books and especially the Bible. How many times have you read the Bible and you go, wow, that was really good. I think I just don't understand what it said. And like, I find maybe it's just me. Like I, I, I'm not like, I'm not on the far end of the spectrum of intelligence, right? I'm not scoring like super. So I have to break words down because I want to understand. So the good thing is because of me, you're going to get tons of plain understanding. Um, so he, so he, I want to understand what this word surrender means. So if I'm like, okay, I need to surrender. What is surrender? This is what it means. Simple definition. Cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit, or that word submit, guess what? The synonym, a, symbol, the, a word that means really the same thing, different word, okay? So cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit or surrender. Surrender to their authority. So here's the deal. Oftentimes, how, how many, let me say it this way, how many times do I approach God in opposition, holding in my heart that what he desires for me is in direct opposition to what I desire for myself. In fact, let me, let, let me, let me go a step further. How many times do I pray into something? I pray for something. And I feel like, I feel like what God may say in this book called the Bible, maybe there's a portion of it that says something specific about what I'm praying about. But that specific part of scripture stands in opposite. God's desire, his will for your life, the things he wants for you, his specific action in that area stands in direct opposition of your own personal desires. We're not surrendered. And praying in the spirit means that we're, we're praying. There's this life of praying that we're surrendered that we, we cease seeing God's desire in opposition to our desire. There's a word that stuck out in, in Ephesians 6.18. It says, and pray in the spirit. And I don't know why I get fixated on the word sometimes and I'm like, I can't move on. So this, this word, so here it is. We talked about spirit, pray in the spirit. We talked about spirit and let's talk about this word in, I-N, two letters, one simple word, in. This is fascinating. In fact, if you go back to last week, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to share something. That if you go back to last week, it's gonna give you greater context and you can watch that on YouTube. But this word in, this is, this is what Paul says. He goes, pray always or pray in the spirit on all occasions, all occasions, always, or pray always in the spirit. This word always, this word in, the word always on all occasion, and the word in, when I looked it up, are the exact same word in the Greek. Same word. 
And, and so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to define what this word in means. And it's the exact, I mean, it is l- literally the exact same definition as what I defined last week, okay? In, it means always on all occasions. It means before. It means after. It means uh, in between. It means above, below. It means outwardly. It, 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 it means within, and it means throughout. It's this picture that in, this word in, when I pray in the Spirit, this word in is implying a complete surrounding. A complete surrounding that leads to a complete surrender. So, so I like to think about this. I, I, I grew up in, in Southern California here, Oceanside, California. So if you're, if you're listening from another place, you know, very coastal Southern California city. I grew up a handful of blocks from the beach. So I spent a majority of my life in the ocean, I, a majority of it. So when I was very young, it was playing in the ocean. As I got older, it was surfing in the ocean. I've traveled places I've served. I spent a lot of time in the ocean. And this is what I realized. When I step into the ocean, there's currents in the ocean. And currents, what I realized when I was very young, I realized these currents that when I step in, I'm completely surrounded by the sea. I'm in it. So I would say I'm surfing in the ocean. What that means is that I, I, can't, stand in the, I can't stand on the shore and surf in the ocean. I have to get off the shore and get into the sea. You can't pray in the spirit by sitting on the sidelines and praying in, in your own self-strength, in your own self-worth. You can't pray selfishly, but yet want what the sea of the spirit has. And so it's this picture that as I grew up, I had to step into the ocean. And I realized this very quickly. When I stepped into the ocean, it's like the ocean has its own mind. I, I realized that the ocean is going to do with me what it desired at the end of the day. I can choose to somewhat utilize where the ocean is moving to get where I want to get. But ultimately, the sea has complete authority over me when I step in. And it requires, catch this, for me to survive, for me to thrive, living this life, stepping in and being completely surrounded in the sea, it requires a level of complete Surrender. The number one thing that I was taught when I was younger, when a current is pulling you, you do not turn around and paddle directly against the current. It is a surefire way that you are going to be caught up in struggle and potentially death. And it seems to me that a lot of us live our spiritual life Take this, if this strikes your heart, I feel like the Holy Spirit is the one doing you know, this morning, right? It's like some of us are living our spiritual life on the shore. We're not praying in the Spirit. We're praying in our own strength. And God, sometimes some of us, we step into the ocean and then we spend all of our time swimming against the current of the Holy Spirit. And we struggle And we don't thrive. And for some of us, we don't seem to survive spiritually. I love this. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So when I step in, 
When I'm praying in the Spirit, it says I'm keeping in, when I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm actually keeping in step with the Spirit. What does keeping in step with the Spirit mean? Keeping in step means to walk. Okay, again, I want you to get this picture. It means to walk. More specifically, it's not a random walk. It's not like I'm wandering around in the field. It's not, I'm just walking wherever I want to walk. It's not a walkabout. It's not, I'm a wanderer. It's not, none of this stuff, right? You're not living the van life. That's not what this is about. To march, it's very specific. It's to march in military rank and order. Let me take us back to something very quickly. Paul gives the description of carrying and wearing the armor of God. The only people that wear an armor are soldiers. So when he says pray in the spirit, he's praying, he's asking us as soldiers of God's kingdom that we would pray in rank and order in the spirit, in. That we would actually keep in step with the spirit by staying surrounded and surrendered. So this word, keep in step, means to proceed in a row, to direct one's life or go in order. Here's the picture. I'm standing in line. I grew up, again, I grew up in Oceanside, so I would see, you know, sometimes we'd see like the, the Marines. It's so amazing. You see like military uh, personnel where they stand and everything's in order. They're wearing their, their, their dress blues or they're wearing, you know, all their khakis or whatever they're wearing. And there they stand, but they're in perfect, like they are attentive and ready. They are completely surrendered to the authority that, that has been placed before them. And they are surrounded in that culture. And they're standing in rows and they're marching. And when their leader takes a step, they take a step. When, 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 when their leader moves to the left, they move to the left. And there's order in it. And, and, it, and it reminds me that when we step in, when we're in the sea of the Spirit and we're surrounded by the Spirit and we're surrendered to what the Spirit wants to do, when the Spirit moves forward, we're just going with the flow. We move forward with the Spirit. And sometimes the Spirit's like, hold on, left turn. And we're going, but you know what? The right, that, you know, I came to a fork in the road. That way it looks better. And the, and the Spirit's like, this is the way we're moving though. No, no, I'm going to swim backwards against the current. Because my desire is to not march in order. And by the way, God is a God of order. Like God, there's an authority that the Holy Spirit carries. When we pray in the Spirit, we're surrendered to that authority. And so we're praying in the Spirit, completely surrounded and completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit's desired action. Matthew 6 9, Jesus, I, 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 I actually used the scripture last week. It's so good. It's amazing. You can use the same scripture two weeks in a row and it still applies. 
You know what? Some of us need to get up and pray in the spirit. You need to grab a hold of a, of, of a piece of the word out of scripture that God is speaking to you about. And you need to declare that piece of the word. It might be a sentence or a line. You need to declare it every, every morning and maybe every moment of your day. And I'm telling you something. You think that you got to jump. I mean, there are, pe- keeping, there are people that have like a page of the Bible ripped out and that's all they hold on to in third world countries. And they're praying in the spirit. They're standing in agreement. They're praying to the father in the authority of Jesus' name through the Holy Spirit on this piece of word. And we think we got to have, I need a new word for a new morning. And God's like, no, why don't we just work on the word that I gave you yesterday that I want you to continue to, re-? so why don't you just stand fully surrounded and fully surrender to my word. Let's make this simple. But God, I need a new word. Man, what have you done with the word that I gave you yesterday? You're still swimming against the current of the word I gave you yesterday. I just need to go to that conference. I need, I, I, I need, I need a prophetic word. I need God. To, I, I need, and, and God's like, you weren't surrendered to the... You, you aren't surrendered to the word that I gave you yesterday. Why do I need to give you a new word today? You're treating me as if I'm an opponent, the father says. I digress. Jesus says, that was for somebody. Matthew 6, 9 says, this then is how you should pray. Again, last week we talked about not what. Okay, and just not make a formula out of it. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, this word, your will be done. What's the how in that? How is surrendered. Because when I say God, when I'm sitting in a place in my life that I feel like I'm being swept out to sea and I'm getting a little bit nervous and God says, nah, just let go and surrender. Just, I want you to float for a bit in the goodness of the spiritual sea that you're in enjoy the ride. Enjoy the fact that you're not having to do much movement. It's okay to get swept up in the spiritual tides. Because when you do, what you're saying is, God, I surrender to where it is you desire to take me. God, this is the worst prayer, this is the worst thing prayer I've ever said to God. God, I would never, and then fill in the blank. No kidding, Everything I've ever, do you know what I said to my wife at one point? I had, I had left a ministry. I said, I will never go back in ministry again. Could someone please do a gut check for me and tell me where I'm standing today? You know, I'll tell I would never have seven kids. I just stopped saying never. I started saying, God, I'm, sur- I'm surrounded and surrendered to you. So God, here's, here's the deal. I'm going to stop telling you what I would never do. I want you to start telling me what my now word is that you want from me. So what do you have for me? What is your will in the situation? What is your desired action in the situation? This then is how I should pray. Someone say amen in the chats. Come on. I realized this very quickly when I was younger. See, because I had a strategy, I had a system, I knew what success was gonna look like, I knew what I was gonna do with that success, I knew whose face I was gonna flaunt that success in. I was such a nice, warm individual. 
But praying for God's will requires a surrounding and a, it requires a surrender of absolutely all of my strategies, all of my systems, and all of my perceived ideas of what success might look like in my life. Perceived, okay, you're like, okay, I can give you my strategy. I can give, but God, you know, I get that, but I got this one thing. If you, if I could just make this much money, if I, if I could, if I could just have, if I could just have this man, if I could just have this woman, if we could just have, if I could just have this car, if I could just live in this zip code, if my house was just this big, if I could just have this one thing and God's like, you're not surrendered. You're not, you're swimming against the current of the spirit or maybe not but you'll never find out it requires full surrender and I hit this point in my life where this scripture jumps out to me every time I read it I feel like this is this is like my life mantra and if you've heard me for any length of time here at the church You'll hear me kind of talk about this. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. I said that really fast, sorry. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Hold up, wait a minute. Paul the guy who wrote Ephesians that we're reading out of also wrote, there's this guy, Paul, he, and he, he also wrote Romans. So this same guy is telling me that I need to offer up, I need to surrender my, in, in light of God's mercy, in light of what he's done for me, in light of the fact that he has given me more than I can even imagine, if I would just step into the sea of the Spirit and come into agreement and go, God, your will be done. That God is asking me, Paul, are you crazy to put myself on an altar as a living sacrifice? You must be going crazy. I'm better off standing on the shoreline and looking at what God's doing than stepping in and participating in what God's doing. I feel like somebody who just heard that, you have been tricked and duped by the devil in thinking that there is a life of abundance standing on the shoreline of the sea. And abundance comes when we step in and we're surrounded and we're surrendered and we put our lives down on the altar as a living sacrifice. You know what the problem with being a living sacrifice and not a dead sacrifice is? If you're alive, you can keep crawling off the altar. That's why we need to re-surrender our lives sometimes because yesterday we surrendered, but I'm alive, hello, and I'm gonna climb off the altar today because I feel like today I need to get back into bitterness. I need to get back into hurt. I need to get back into my past. I need to get back into anger. I need to go to the cupboard. I need to get that alcohol. I need to get that spirit. I need to start praying in the spirit of vodka. I need to start praying in the spirit of beer. I need to start praying in the spirit of marijuana. I got to start praying in the spirit of heroin. Let me tell you what praying in the spirit breaks. Some of us are dealing with addictions that, are, that, that aren't like, they're not taboo addictions. The taboo addictions are like, oh, well, you, can't, you can't do heroin. But what about being addicted over here? And we're being called to be a living sacrifice. And let me tell you what, 
I love the end of this verse. It says, when we, when we decide to be a living sacrifice, become holy and pleasing to God. And it says, this is what Paul says, this is your true and proper worship. As worshipers of God, a worshiper, a person who gives worth, this is what a worshiper says. You can have absolutely everything. A worshiper just simply says you can have it all. Do you know what a worshiper is? A living sacrifice. Do you know what a living sacrifice says? I'm surrendered. Do you know what being surrendered looks like? Being surrounded. Nineteen ninety nine. I walk into a little church in downtown Oceanside. I'm holding my oldest daughter. She's now twenty one years old. I'm holding my oldest daughter. A friend of mine had told me about this little church. He says, Pat, I went to this church. It seems pretty cool. I think you might like it. I think he knew in my life I was struggling with some things. See, because I was, I had the strategies and I had the systems and I had the ideas of success, but truthfully behind the scenes, I was an alcoholic. That I was horrible with my money. And so I just wanted to earn more money, but I was never good with the money that I had. And so how can God bless me in an area that I'm actually not handling right? He's not gonna give me more of, because I'm gonna tell you what, more would have led to more destruction in my, and it would have led to death for me. So there I sat holding my oldest daughter. My wife, Shander, was pregnant with our second child. And I can see every single piece. I can almost smell the room that I was in. I'm sitting in this little church. I'm sitting in the back left, very back row, just a few seats in from the aisle. I'm holding my daughter. She's asleep. We get to the end of the service and the pastor says, these words are the words that struck me, by the way. He could have skipped the entire message Some of you were like, yeah, I get the feeling. See, he could have skipped the entire message. And he could have said these words, and these struck my heart. And when they struck my heart, I realized I needed to quit standing on the shoreline of the sea, and I needed to step in. This is what he said. He said, haven't you ever wanted your life to have purpose? And in that very moment, see, up to that point, I had prayed from a results standpoint. God, would you fix my marriage? God, would you give me more money? God, would you make these people that are around me that seem like they're idiots smarter? And I was after results and God was like, but you're never praying from a position of relationship. You're never praying from a position of being surrounded just in my love and surrounded by the fact that I, I, I look highly upon you, that you're a son, that you're my child, that I'm a father. You're just treating me like I'm a slot machine, like I'm a jukebox. I'm here to take your requests. I'm here to serve you. And I realized in that moment, this was the first time in my life, I feel like this is really the first time that I feel like I didn't pray from a result standpoint and I prayed from this relational standpoint. And I said to God in that moment, I began to weep when the pastor said these words. And I'm holding my daughter and I begin weeping. I don't want to wake her up. So I'm trying to weep quietly, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting in a public place and I don't want people to see me or talk to me. And I, I don't want them to know that God is doing something in my heart. And I just said to God quietly to myself, I said, God, I surrender every, you can have absolutely everything. And I mean, in that moment, like a split second, I could feel burdens lift off of my chest. Like for the first moment, I could breathe the way that God intended for me to breathe in Genesis 2-7. That I really meant I don't care about the money. I don't care about everything going. I don't care about the, my businesses. I don't care about anything. I care about one thing. I just want to know, what do you want me to do? 
because if you move, I'll move. And then the Holy Spirit begins to move on my heart. And it's really funny, when you step into the ocean, what did I tell you? The ocean, it's got currents. And sometimes you can't fight those things. So the pastor says, if, if you feel like God is speaking to you, and I'm like, oh God, that's me. I knew he was gonna ask me to do, I knew it was coming, he goes, I want you to get up and come forward. I'm not going anywhere. In fact, the Holy Spirit knew my, that it was gonna be my response. Holy Spirit, all of a sudden the current of the Spirit, as I'm praying, I'm like, God, you can have everything. Current of the Spirit just begins moving. I found myself totally reluctant. I didn't want to, almost in opposition. I felt myself just stand up and I just, I just surrendered myself to just walk it. I just walked down the aisle and I found myself sitting in the front row and I thought I was crying before in the back row. I thought I was surrendered before in the back. Something happens when you decide to move to the front. Something happens when you decide to surrender and God began to break deeper parts of what I was in bondage to, the hurt and the pain and the anger and the bitterness. And there I sat. And someone came over and laid their hand on me and just began to pray. I believe in the spirit. As I just sat in full surrender and I want to tell you something. I remember that day so vividly, I believe for one reason, because it was the first time in my life that I was completely, 100% surrendered and willing to be surrounded and given in and saying, Father, you can have absolutely every single part of my being. For some of you this morning, this is your moment. Next week, we're going to talk about some practical things when it comes to surrender. Right now, I'm talking about the practical thing called your life. And you're struggling and you're stressed and you're barely surviving and I'm here to tell you, Paul has got it right. You got the armor. It's like as a kid, like I could put on all of the, I could put my wetsuit on, I could get my surfboard. I could have the armor on and never step into the sea. That this morning is, this is your moment to surrender. couple key questions. Ask yourself this. Have I fully surrendered my entire life to the Father? And this is a personal question. It's between you and you and God. Just God, have I fully? Show me. See, prior to that moment, I, I would tell people I believed in God. I just wasn't following God. And I'm supposed to keep in step. That means I'm following. I'm in marching order. Number two, do I pray from a position of being surrendered in relationship or seeking results? Father, I just want to be in relationship with you. I want to stay surrounded by you. I just want to be near you. I want you before me. 
I want you after me. I want you on both sides of me. I want you above and below. I just, I just want to sit. I want to be able to float. I want to be able to swim and run. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to live. I want to be able to do business. I want to be able to love people in relationship. I want to be able to pastor. I want to be able to be a friend completely based on this surrounded nature of relationship. And God, I'm not looking for results out of you. What I'm looking for is relationship. And I'm 100% confident this morning that when I surrender to you out of relationship, not looking for results, that the results will come, but I have to be willing to get off the shoreline of the sea and step in fully surrendered. Now I'm going to pray this just a very quick. This isn't a formal prayer. This is, I'm just, I'm going to actually, right now I'm just going to ask, Father, just like Paul, give me the words to be able to pray for people to just pray with me to surrender. If, if you feel like this is you, this is your moment. Don't let it go by. You can simply pray this. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it silently. Father, right now, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, come. Come like the moving tides. Surround us like the sea, God, as we step in. Just begin to tell God, Father, I'm stepping in. Tell him, I'm surrendering. Now go past telling and begin to let go. Begin to realize as you do that, when you look around that you are surrounded by the gentleness, by the peace of the Spirit of God. And just begin to tell him, Father, I've tried to hold on to my systems and my strategies and my successes, but right now, I'm coming to you with the authority I've been given in Jesus' name through the Spirit. And I'm saying, you can have everything. I want to be surrendered to you, Father. I've known you in the past but I've decided to camp on the shoreline and I'm stepping back in. Lord, I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' powerful name, we thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Listen, family, you're not going to want to miss next week, I highly, highly recommend you be sure to share this message, share a link, get people on board to watch next week. So I'm going to talk about some very practical things, the benefits of being surrendered. Because the first thing I think is, well, if I'm going to surrender, I'm being 100% selfish in my humanity. What do I get out of it? And you're going to be shocked at the answers but I want to tell you very practically the things that you get 
that God has for us when we surrender and we pray in his spirit. Love you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week.